Welcome to the Ben and Jamisa Parenthetically plus Amin For what? Parenthetically On this week's episode The Congo Why are you laughing about the Congo? I'm not laughing at the That's Congo. so insensitive Oh my god, I'm not laughing at the Congo, you asshole What's wrong with you? Q Elevation Beats All right, welcome to this week's episode. We talked about we were going to get better at introducing ourselves on each episode, and we failed to do it still. So, welcome to the Ben and Jamisa, parenthetically plus a meme, podcast, where we talk about compassionate curiosity and how it helps us heal and grow. Jamisa, you want to introduce yourself a bit? I'm Jamisa. Ben's wife. You just made a point to say that. That's how I introduce you in social settings. Mm. Nice. This, this is Ben's wife. Huh. Wow. That, that's her identity. Wow. All right. I didn't even get mm-hmm. a damn name. I like that I talked about that's how I introduce you in social settings, like wherever in social settings. <laughs> oh, someone, um, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, we were out and... We were out? Uh, someone introduced Ben to their boyfriend, someone they're dating. Okay. And she's like, hey... Someone said, this is Ben. He's the original colonizer. (laughs) Goodness. Mm -hmm. It's tough being the only Caucasian in the social group. Mm -hmm. Need to find a different group of friends. Amin, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, my name's Amin. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, Jamisa, you never even talked about what you do for profession. Oh, I am a... Sorry, I mean, Ben just completely cut you off. Look at that. I had a good joke, too. Uh, licensed professional counselor, uh, therapist. You any good? Private therapist. Yeah, I'm good. You're better than all those crazy counselors out there? Yeah. All right. Just checking. Amin? So my name's Amin. I don't know if I should do my joke anymore. I was, I was going to say I'm not Ben's wife. How do you know? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I don't know for sure, but I don't think I am. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And we're in some weird triangle-type relationship, yeah. which I don't think is happening. We're also sitting in a triangular formation right now. So. Yeah. This got super weird. Illuminati. Oh, dear. I mean, you had a joke? Uh, huh? That was it. Mm. <laughs> Dang. My goodness. <laughs> Remember we used to have sound effects? We need those back. No, no we don't. don't. We actually still do now that no. you guys have headphones back on. Go, go ahead, press no, one. Don't. Let's see what it does. I mean, I'm telling you not to do it. She's my boss now, so. All right. All right. And my name is Ben. I am just amazing at everything I do in life. Mental health counselor, check. Been there, done that, got banned. <laughs> Consultant. It's such a general term, right? Consultant. It kind of gives me the creeps. Yeah, maybe I'll stop using that term. Spiritual guru. To what? To who? What? Mainly to To yourself? I, mm-hmm. I guide a mean spiritually. 
Don't do it. I mean, don't listen to him. We're, We're working, on, working on his seventh chakra right now. A what? And chakra. To, and to earn it, he has to get me lunch for the next month. Oof. That's part of his How spiritual How many chakras is it? No, uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so done. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. You're holding a list in your hand like you're hoping to share it. Yeah, eventually. When we get there. I okay. mean, did you handwrite that, or is that typed? Typed. Wow, look at there. I mean, yeah, I came prepared for the first time. Why ever. do you both have notes? You told me I can't remember notes. anything. <laughs> no, I told you to review. Yeah, dude, I can't remember all this. I have like that's some, a lot of good information. You said we are not on camera anymore. You can yeah. bring notes. Here are my notes. I said to Amin because he was going to bring some data points. Yeah. How come you don't have notes? Uh, here's what bothers me. I care enough about sub-Saharan Africa that I etch these things into my memory. Shut up. I'm a little bothered about your lazy so approach to this. Yeah, that I wrote notes I want to forget them. This is really good information. Yeah, that you had to write notes because you don't care enough about these issues for them to be ingrained. Oh, my God. All right. Everyone ready? What's so interesting about this is... You know, Af- the continent itself had been colonized by Europe mm-hmm. since, like, what? I don't know, the 1800s. And we got the white man over here telling us how we don't care about this. And you just itch. I know you etched it in your brain. I did. Mm-hmm. It's important to me. I, I, I bet it is. I'm sorry. It's not more important to you. Go ahead. All right. So today's episode is about... The Congo. Uh, we did an episode a few weeks ago, right, on Palestine and Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, and got ourselves canceled. So we thought, why not repeat it with an episode on the Congo? The Congo is not in the news much. It's not. At all. Wow. I mean, yeah. I mean, not strongly about that part. Yeah. Not strong enough to remember data about <laughs> the Congo, but felt a bit emotional about that part. I have... I have so many theories about that that since I've done my research, but go ahead. Well, do you think, like, why did you, in all seriousness, not joking now, why do you think we didn't know about this before? What when I say we, I mean you and I mean, but like, why do you think these things weren't common knowledge before? I don't think people care. I think people, I think it is greed. I think there is what we're going to learn so I mean, in particular, you. Like, why do you think you as an individual... How do you know I didn't care? I'm not saying you didn't. What I'm saying is how... Why do you think you didn't know about this stuff before? What is it? Um, um, you know what? It's because... She was about to fight me. You saw what I mean? It, I think it's because I relied on, like, I think mainstream, like, newspapers to give me information about what's happening in the world. And probably over the past six weeks, I have learned that I shouldn't, or I should rely maybe a small, a significantly smaller uh, um, percentage on the information that is fed to us. And so this information. Do you really think it's fair, though, to call World Star? Like, <laughs> goodness gracious. You said World Star. <laughs> like uh, mainstream media. First I don't who, know if World Star is mainstream media. Looks at, read, I don't even know if you read or look at World Star. World I don't even star. think it's a thing. 
I met a guy at soccer that is very heavy into World Star, oh, really? and I was shocked and roasted him for a good bit. Yeah, you should. You mm. should have. But I, it, every time he fell over, did you go World Star? I actually did. Yeah, that's <laughs> actually what I did. That's such a bad move. <laughs> and so this is not. This is not spoken about as most things really right when we have um, someone being oppressed is not going to be in mainstream media and so this is the reason why most people don't know about it I think the reason is coming up now because there are so many people that are using social media to learn about things that are happening in the world and as a result of that obviously the you know um, Congo is, is one of the things that's coming up mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me so for someone tuning in and being like well what is going on in the Congo how would the two of you explain that to them? A genocide? Mm-hmm. Right? And I think the, we should even talk about, like, what the does Democratic the term Republic genocide of mean? What does a genocide mean? Mm-hmm. The destruction and killing of one group of people. Okay. One ethnic group of people. Difference between ethnic and cultural group? I don't know if they're... Both, no, I'd no. say, apply? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Good question. I have no idea. Man. All right. <laughs> so we're going to give people a bunch of misinformation today. This will be interesting. How would you define it? I don't know. Okay. Well, how the hell are you challenging us on it? Be- you could be curious about something if you don't know about it. Okay. But I think it, uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk about before we obviously want to get into the atrocities well, let's talk and things. the term genocide for a second. Because okay. do you think people know what it means when they use it? Somewhat. I don't think about, I don't think people use you know a lot of like the defi- true definitions of a lot of words that they use. Um, I think people use those and throw those things around very loosely. Um, so like, the same thing with like anti-Semitic. I think people just like, throw it around. So if like for example, I mean, if someone said to you in X country there's a genocide happening, would you? Because I wouldn't, but would you know how to classify whether that was accurate or not? If their information was accurate or not? If the term genocide being applied to it was accurate or not? Probably not, uh, per, like, professionally. or Okay. And then when you say it refers to a certain group being um, eliminated, mm-hmm. killed, within... I mean, this is one of the things we're going to talk about, right? Within the Congo, there's so many different ethnic groups, mm-hmm. linguistic groups. Like tribal groups and different things like that. So is there one specific group that you feel is being eliminated there? Hello? I think the indigenous oh, of you, yeah. sorry. <laughs> I think the indigenous Congolese people would be the group. But even that is a European term, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, we'll, so we'll, why don't why don't should we start at the beginning in terms of when colonialism happened and move forward? Or yeah, I think well, this is the information that I have. Um, the other data I collected. Did you collect any data about like not historically? No. Okay. So, Belgium, one of our European countries, decided to go in and try to colonize. 1850? Do you know when um, Belgium, like, I guess, left? 1960. Yeah, June 30th, 1960. Oh, it's a great month. It's my birthday month. So, my mother was born in 1945, so she would have been, what, 15 years old? Mm -hmm. Isn't that crazy as hell? Mm Mm-hmm. Crazy. And the thing about it... It is wild because I've always thought your mom looked a bit older than that. The thing is about like when Belgium left, they left them without any type of like... um, We're going too fast. We're going too quick. I think we need to start with the 
colonization and move forward. Mm-hmm. But if we jump into 1960. And what was it got? Napoleon? No, it's not Napoleon. What is his name? Leopold. 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 Yes. He went in because he wanted second. to civilize the indigenous people. Mm-hmm. Which is what you hear over and over again mm-hmm. when, when my people interact with non-white people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So in the late kind of 19th century, middle to late 19th century, mm-hmm. Belgium goes over there, colonizes it in order to take advantage of the material resources, mm-hmm. right? Everyone in agreement so far? Any disagreements? Yeah. Okay. And in doing so, as with most of Africa, the continent of Africa, they divide it up into countries that don't reflect linguistic mm-hmm. or cultural groupings. Exactly. You know, I think I shared with you this morning that Ethiopia is the only country that was not col- that was never colonized. Mm-hmm. But the fact it's been given the title Ethiopia probably comes from colonial times too. Yeah, I'm not sure. You know what I'm saying? Like once again, mm-hmm. it probably doesn't reflect what the linguistic the, and cultural groupings mm-hmm. in the country. Mm-hmm. And people may say, like, well, that's a small point, but it's incredibly important because one of the ways that people like Leopold maintained control was by having these different groups compete against each other. Mm-hmm. And so it'd be like, you know how Jamisa does this at work? I mean, like one day she'll show more favoritism towards you to make Kathy work harder. Mm. And then she'll show more favoritism to you and Kathy to try and get me to work harder. And uh, all the time she's just trying to line her own pockets. I can't. But this is what basically happened, right? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we've got these material resources. Um, I really like your group. This other group over here has been talking a lot of trash. So you should probably wipe them out. And um, that way they could make everyone into uh, slaves mm-hmm. and just engage in horrible behavior towards them. Cause once you dehumanize someone, you then justify your treatment of them. Right. And then when eventually when they left in 1960, these same practices continued um, in order to extrapolate the resources. And they kind of just like got up and got their stuff and then walked away. Mm-hmm. So there was nothing as such instability. But I think the reason then again is so they can look back and be like, see, you mm-hmm. needed us. Mm hmm. Not like, see, we set fire to your house, and now it's burnt down. Mm-hmm. Do you know that um, the DRC is like the second largest country on the continent? Who is? The Democratic uh, Republic of Congo. I did not know. Mm-hmm. It, um, I, I thought that was really interesting. Um, but it, it, it expands out 906,000 square miles. Sheesh. I think Jamisa wins with the trivia. Isn't that amazing? You know who the number one largest country in Africa is? I don't. Algeria. Because Sudan really? split up between Sudan and South Sudan with their civil war going on. Huh. Yeah. Is it historically Sudan? Historically, it was Sudan, yep. Um, one of the things and that I thought was really interesting when I was just doing some inter- uh, research just on, about the country itself is, and I'm going to get this wrong, is it late Ten- Tanganyika? I think it may be, if not, we'll edit that out. But it's the second oldest freshwater lake in the world. And it's also the second deepest. Um, it Do you spans, know where the deepest? No. Russia. Hmm. It's not. Oh, yeah, it is. You're right. You're right. I do remember seeing that. Um, the length of the river is 418.2 miles. And this the deepest part I of, used to go there in the mornings just to get a little exercise and swim across. The 
the deepest part of the river is 420 feet deep. And, but its average depth is at, um, 1,870 feet. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. Like Lake Tanzanica, I too run deep. All right. <laughs> Let's Thanks, move on. Don't laugh at that. I mean, I, I'm very deep, very profound. Are you? I was telling myself that the other day. All right. Anyways, I mean, what do you have about the DRC or Congo? So I, I had a lot of the statistics since uh, the initial colonization ended. So since the 1960s. Oh, what good timing in our timeline here. Yeah. And so 6.1 million people uh, died uh, or were killed by these. Uh, what would you call them? Well, killed is important, right? Because yeah. that many people have probably died just from exactly. old age yeah. and stuff. Hence the correction. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, they were killed in the conflicts that resulted from these colonial powers. And it's still ongoing. So, mm-hmm. And it's that disruption, right? Like mm-hmm. pitting these groups against each other and saying, hey, we've got all these resources. Whoever controls it is going right. to make a lot of money. Right. Exactly. And they created a nest of disruption between those groups that they then engaged in a lot of mm-hmm. violence towards each other. And even... Uh, when people say the colonists left, it's always kind of an interesting thing. You mentioned they would burn houses and then leave. Like, mm-hmm. they literally did that. Mm-hmm. They would destroy infrastructure before they left. It's the same thing what France did with Algeria. So they pillage a country. They take everything that they can from it. And then before they leave, they destroy as much as they can and they get out. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, they will tell you, you still need us. And I think that's what happened here as well. And so you see all these very greedy countries like the U.S., the U.K., Israel, France, and other countries, uh, uh, mainly European countries, uh, they fund militia groups in mm-hmm. Uganda and Rwanda mm-hmm. and other neighboring uh, areas. And they, like you said, they, they make them compete, with the, uh, compete for the resources. And this is a very old tactic. The U.S. did the same thing with the Soviet Union, where all the kind of like countries Eastern on European the, countries, kind of Western Soviet Union, those and kind of the Middle Asian countries like mm-hmm. Afghanistan and all this, they funded militias, Kazakhstan, it, militias mm-hmm. like the Taliban, militias mm-hmm. like all these things, and, and so they didn't have weapons before. The U.S. gave them weapons to fight Russia and well to fight the Soviet Union the Soviet Union breaks up, these militias still have weapons and now they're onto whatever their next thing is. Mm-hmm. And then you see all these kind of shaking up of, I don't know what you would call it. but So if this has been going on until the 1960s, why are we hearing a lot about it now? What's happening recently? So uh, since the 1960s, 6.1 million people were killed in these conflicts. Just in the first half of this year, another million were mm-hmm. killed. And there's 6.1 million people also, not 6.7 million people are currently displaced from their homes in the Congo. And that also has risen uh, almost a million in the first half of the year. So Congo um, has more cobalt reserve than the rest of the planet combined. And that's the reason why. Yes. And what is cobalt used in? Batteries. So smartphones, computer, electric cars. So did um, you look up this research on your phone? In your computer? I'm a your smartwatch. Mm-hmm. Wow, there's some irony there. They also have something called Colton, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, in all of our phones as well. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting if you ever see the videos. But they said the resources in the Congo are said to be worth just under 25 trillion US dollars. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. So we in the West continue to benefit from yes. the exploitation of... Yes. That's probably why we don't hear about it. Mm-hmm. That's it, what I was going to say. That's exactly why we don't hear about it because 
And and the thing is, is from what I research, there is no such thing as a, co- a clean supply chain mm-hmm. of cobalt in you the country. You want to define what you mean by clean? Like there is no, there's no way that they, all of it, the mining, the workers, um, it getting to the people that it needs to be like, there's nothing like structured about it. There's no clean, and not structured in the sense of like, you know, how they're getting it out of like the mines, but like there's nothing about it that is clean. Like there are people who are being trafficked over there. There are people who are being, there are women being assaulted. I don't even, I, I don't even remember the, the exact number. The statistic was ridiculous, right? Yep. Didn't you it's like, is it 40? 48 women are raped in the Congo per hour. Per hour. Yeah. There is a, a, and maybe we'll talk about this if we bring this up again. There is an article that I read um, from the AP about um, like what they paid these some of these women. I think it's the WHO uh, World Health Organization were play, paying some of the women who were assaulted, but they were assaulted by like these uh, at, like various organizations that were there to quote unquote assist them. Two hundred and fifty dollars for being assaulted. Oh, so you're saying like reparations? Yes. Like, hey, sorry, the people from our organization did this to you. Here's two hundred fifty yeah. dollars. And I mean, you tend to be very tuned into this. Doesn't it seem like these organizations that are going to places to help them out are causing so many problems around the world? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this whole idea of rape. I, I, I wish I remembered the other country where I heard this, and it might have been Haiti or somewhere like that, where all these organizations coming in were then abusing the people mm-hmm. in the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a interesting statistic too. The UN and other human rights international organizations didn't make a single post about what's going on in the Congo uh, up until early this year, and, and so it wasn't even recognized as a humanitarian crisis, really. And again, I really, I think, just with the amount of research, just um, over the last six weeks that I've done, I, and you start to understand the structures of just our government, but then like the UN and these other bigger organizations um, and who kind of has their hand kind of like controlling things, if you will, various countries. And you see why, and you understand why, because there is a financial benefit to this. They're not going to bring these things up. So you're saying we'll invade this country or support this group, not because of any ethical humanitarian reasons, but because financially it'll benefit the country. Mm -hmm. And so I think people remain silent for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you think of the companies that need these uh, resources the most, it's Apple, Mm -hmm. Samsung, Tesla. These Mm -hmm. are the big players in the U.S. markets right Mm -hmm. now. And it's hard to think there's no correlation between that and the lack. I think Three Trees is also a big player in U.S. markets, but... Oh, resources, though, and stuff. (laughs) What is so interesting about cobalt is it is actually toxic to touch and it's toxic to breathe. Oh, I'm sure they're using all the best OSHA practices. Absolutely. They, so. um, That was sarcasm on my uh, Clearly, we, I hope that people realize. And I'm sure there's a whole bunch of child labor involved. Oh, my gosh. I was looking at a video. um, I don't even know the organization that that did that. There was a, a journalist that went out and interviewed some of the children there that work in the mind. And there was a child there that was four years old. Yeah. Um, so I'm ready just to end the episode and cry in my closet for a while. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so how do we? But let me finish talk about the, how the, to- the toxicity of it. But it's toxic to touch. It's toxic to breathe. Um, and they're like these children are there sometimes with no shoes on. Yep. 
and they have no masks, no gloves, and they are working using pickaxes and shovels and these rebar, like the I guess like rebars, to actually dig into the ground. And so the video that I saw, one of the videos I saw, these um, children had they they are responsible for digging and um, I guess the tunnels to go down and get the cobalt, um, and they and they're doing this with nothing. It's crazy. Yeah, I saw a video. I'll try to paint the picture going from what Jamisa just said. Uh, it's kind of like this gigantic dirt hole. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked at how little, like you said, they gave them no tools. I saw them using their hands uh, mm-hmm. in this one. Uh, so they just had uh, on the walls of this hole, just these tunnels that looked like they were made by hand or whatever. And this tunnel started collapsing in on itself. And so people started hopping out of the tunnels or whatever. And they're helping each other hop out of the tunnels. And a bunch of kids are coming out, a bunch of people. But it was shocking how many people were coming out of this tiny, tiny tunnel for, you know, running for their life, for lack of a better term. Excuse me. Uh, running for their life, for lack of a better term, as this tunnel was collapsing. So no infrastructure, nothing like that. And it just made me think of how toxic coal mining tunnels are in America. And those are super highly structured and super organized. Regulated. So, yeah, mm-hmm. regulated, all that. And it's still a huge health hazard. And these people are going in, like, you know, in soccer jerseys, mm-hmm. r- random clothes, shorts, flip-flops, all mm-hmm. that. And they're popping out of these tunnels with, with cobalt in their hands. Mm-hmm. So blood diamonds were a big deal. Um, perhaps in the 90s and that kind of stuff, right. ever since Leonardo DiCaprio made a movie about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this seems so similar, right? Mm-hmm. And so we all kind of ethically look around and look down on people with their blood diamonds while we hold our phones. While we hold our smartphones, yeah. yeah. Yep. So this show is about compassionate curiosity. And so this first 20 minutes or so, We've kind of dived into the curiosity part of it. We've learned a bit about what's going on there. What do we now do from the compassion perspective? Like, what does it mean to be compassionate with situations like this? I think what we probably have done here today or to prepare for this uh, particular episode, and one, I think it's doing our research, but we, and I can only speak for the U.S. in that, like, we are really, like, we like stuff. And we like new shiny stuff. And I think we do it so blindly. I know I do. I have, you know, up in Polly the last few weeks have blindly gone and like have done so many things, purchased things. And I think some of it is maybe even the like having compassion and like, why are we purchasing like phones from places that we know aren't, um, aren't getting their material like ethically? So what are the options though? There are, there actually are, um, I saw this, saw this on Tickety Talk, Um, but you can actually get phones that have, um, where they aren't using this stuff. Like at Verizon? Uh, No, not Verizon. I'm sorry. So you're not going to get it from your mainstream, like, um, I guess... Is this whole episode about a side hustle you started up with? (laughs) No, I did. I saw it. Because somebody was talking about this. They were talking about the Congo and they're like, what can you do? Like, do you really want to get another smartphone? Do you, I mean, not a smartphone, Mm -hmm. sorry, but do you really want to get another Apple phone or these other? Can we, can we dive back a few years? And so throughout our relationship, you've always made fun of me for having an old ass phone. I know. And pushing me to get a new one. I feel bad now. 
I'm, and, I, and with that sort of sincerity, and the fact that I'm like, my next car, I'm going to get a smart car. No, not. Mm-mm. No. Not but, a smart car. I'm sorry, an electric car. But you kind of, I don't know about the two of you, but I find myself, when I learn about these things, probably just because I'm a white male, and I like <laughs> solving things <laughs> very simply without much thought, um, is just getting emotionally fatigued and overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And just this feeling of I just want to crawl in a cave and cry. But I think you have, we need to expose ourselves to this. Mm-hmm. But this is this. But how do you do it compassionately so that people don't burn out emotionally? I, I we wanna, just did an episode last week on this. On uh, compassion I know. And I want to come back. I want to come back to that maybe at the end of this episode. But because I don't, I don't think it's possible. When you really learn about like the practices that go on in this world, like, I don't think it's possible to really know how we obtain the things that we have and not get fatigued and not get burnt out because it is all, like, oftentimes I think the vast majority of things that all of us in this world possess or that we want or that we have is not going to be ethically, like, sound. And that through our desire to kind of live this life of comfort, we contribute to the suffering. Mm -hmm. And I think it's an acknowledgement that we all do. And I think being compassionate is being compassionate is recognizing that we have to, we have to stop. I think part of the cognitive dissonance here, right, is so many Americans have this blind spot around, I'm a good guy. Mm Mm-hmm. Like they're addicted to this idea of being good people. And so when you try to talk to people about, hey, we're contributing pain over here. They don't want to hear that. They're not going to see it. Mm-mm. Now, do you think they not, they can't see it or they don't want to because we still want this comfy life? I, I think it's a mixture of stuff. But I do think, especially in America, there's this belief of I'm a good guy. I'm a hero. It's been like baked in since birth. And you mm-hmm. may you may not see it as much. Perhaps Amin and I having so much exposure from like other cultures. I remember living in England and then also when I was in Thailand and just being exposed to just American culture. Mm-hmm. And it just was so ingrained. And then when you try to talk to um, people who feel this way, I think it prevents them from doing any self-improvement. I, I agree with that, but I think it, it prevents some people from doing self-improvement. And I guess then with the self-improvement, they are more conscious about like where they, what we do, mm-hmm. where we spend our money. So like if you tell like a white American, hey, you're racist or you got racist, please. Hell no, I don't. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just that strong reaction. There's no curiosity. Mm-hmm. So I think something like this, people are going to hear it and then come up with a quick justifi- justification in their brain. As to why it's not really an American issue. But I think to read about this and then to, like, you saw videos, and I think, and to see videos of this, I don't know how you can go back and be like, ah, I think I'm going to get the latest smartphone that's coming out whenever it's coming out, December or January, whatever. Like, But we always wonder, right, not, how did the Nazis come to power? And it, it happens like that. Mm-hmm. People are able to avoid the pain that's being created because they're buying into some sort of group think. And let me say, uh, this is my thought, and 
I mean, you may have some more stats on this. Um, this is my thought about like the cobalt in particular. Like, so the video I saw, they had um, people from various countries kind of coming in, like black market style, getting the cobalt. And I really think that's how people, the, the U.S., France, and all these other countries kind of justify getting the cobalt because it's gone through so many different hands. I think by the time they get it, like, oh, it's clean. Like, I have no idea that these, you know, there's four-year-old or a woman have her infant baby strapped to her back who now is also breathing cobalt like you know in these mines for 12 hours a day yeah and and what i always go back to it, with this compassionate curiosity approach uh and situations like this where it's hard to emotionally regulate kind of like what jamisa was saying just being very mindful where we're spending our money at you mentioned the blood diamonds earlier uh, before that, lab-grown diamonds weren't really a thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then they became a thing and became popular. Are they lab-grown diamond is a thing? Yeah, yeah. And, and so this is how, much, how little I know about <laughs> the jewelry business. But uh, there's still kind of the stigma. Oh, those aren't real diamonds, or whatever the case is. Even though you know chemically they are, and they're in fact they're probably higher quality than the ones that you're mm-hmm. going to be picking from the earth. But uh, at least there became an alternative because people stopped wanting the blood diamond. At least some people stopped wanting them. And so same thing with this. I mean, you create kind of a market for the opposite and that might come with different, you know, pros and cons, but at least you know what you're avoiding and you're going to navigate accordingly. Because as humans, we're very resilient. I mean, if we choose not to use a resource, we'll find another way. It's just... You know, after seeing all this, like Jamiso was saying, how can you just blindly go back to, you know, what you're looking at here and be like, ah, yeah, well, it is what it is. And something that really like always gets me is when people are like, it's always been like this since the beginning of time. And it's like, okay, so we can't change that. Exactly. It's not. And yeah, like people used to take shortcuts with everything. I yeah, think surgery without anesthesia used to be a thing. It doesn't mean yeah. we should continue. Mm-hmm. And the, the, go ahead. Can I come back to the lab growing thing? Mm-hmm. Um. So I think that's a common thing now that things grown in a lab are not as uh, valuable. For example, I was I looking at a lab-grown toupee, <laughs> and Jamisa was telling me that I needed to get a natural toupee. Whatever. And I was trying to convince her that the clarity and the quality of the lab-grown toupee was equal. I was listening to a TikTok. Uh, I'm not talking to I feel sorry. so minimized. Um, a podcast a few weeks ago, and they were actually mock- they were like picking on people about like. Um, the, there were some men on a podcast and they were actually like one of the guys was like picking at another one because he was getting a lab grown diamond. And he was like, that's not a real diamond. And it's like, what the hell? So do you really want a diamond that somebody really had to, you know, lose a limb over mm-hmm. to, to give to your fiance? Yep. So I think you vote with your money, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Like these companies are only driven by money. Absolutely. That's all they see. Yeah. And that, we almost have to get in the mindset of any time we spend money, we are voting. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And I think that's a very difficult concept for us. That is a concept. As we started talking about Palestine and as I started doing research and not obviously about Palestine, but just the world and countries, a hundred percent. Like we really have to think very differently about how, who we put in office where they are getting their money from and like how that connects back to the entire world. So money like a, a, and it takes a, a lot of work. Power mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. So what areas of y'all's lives are you thinking of becoming more intentional with your spending? 
the this watch I have on, yeah. the cell phone that I have. Well, you've already bought those things. Yeah, and I'm, and that's what people have been talking about on social media is like you that doesn't because people are like, well, what am I going to do? And they're like, you have it now. Mm-hmm. And you can't do the whole Kid Rock Bud Light thing where you destroy the Budweiser you just bought. Right, that, that's not it doesn't helpful. do anything. Right, and they're like, keep it. But do you really need another? If this phone conks out, or you know, or how would you get the? How would you get another phone? And people were saying like, you can go and get a used phone. Like, mm-hmm. just keep recycling these phones. If your watch, if this watch conks out, if I really need another watch, smart watch, then go get a used one. But do not buy another but one. Once again, these companies kind of prevent you from doing that because their updates require the latest model, and then after a while, you can't get updates for your phone. Mm-hmm. But they'll manage. I mean, mm-hmm. if they notice people have significantly stopped buying newer models, their updates will just start costing money. They'll find ways to right. get us to spend our money and to do whatever. They always do. I mean, their their goal is money. They're going to find a way to make the money. And so if we don't give it to them for something, they're going to find a way to get it somewhere else. And the thing is, and if that were to happen, mm-hmm. I might take that over mm-hmm. uh, so, uh, me purchasing another phone, knowing where this the the material to have this new phone is coming from. Yeah. Sort about things like food, clothes. All of it. Houses. Mm -hmm. But even clothes, right? There was that trend, uh, you know, 20 years ago it started and now it's still a little ongoing where people don't want the clothes that are made with child labor. Now, most of us are still wearing clothes made from as products from child labor, but at least you'll see the marketing sometimes where it's like not made with child labor, Mm -hmm. you know. And so it's a step forward it's not a great step but this is a huge dissonance too and we saw we see this in palestine where like we look at our own children and expect them to be honored and respected and just kept safe by everyone and we're very comfortable with kids who look different from us being treated in these horrific ways exactly yeah everyone's gonna say no i'm not no i'm not and it's like well you you are are. we all are we all have been Mm mm-hmm you know, um, we've contributed to all of this. And I think we, I think once we all individually can recognize that, like I've contributed to this, I think it just makes that purchase when you want to make that purchase a, a bit harder. Mm-hmm. So these are the types of things that you can do when you're wanting that ease and you're wanting that comfort. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I have to the, have a fidget. The fidgeting. Yeah. I can't sit still. You um, know this. Is picturing these images. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this week we, we sent out our newsletter and we talked about Palestine and Israel and we had um, one person respond, right, with a very emotional kind of context. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's helpful about the, uh, the Congolese situation is that there's not necessarily two sides to this right. because humans get so trapped in this, well... There's good people on both sides. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And I think in this situation, it's very clear there's just people being harmed. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, uh, some more, a little bit more stats. Um, they were saying like the villages in Congo, people like these uh, different groups, militia groups, whatever, they would just come in and they would just bulldoze over like an entire village mm-hmm. because they need to mine there. Because of like just the amount of cobalt that's there, and so it attributes to what you talk about the numbers of just people that have just been displaced, and so they and and for this reason, it becomes almost like a modern day slavery because like they have nothing they they do you just mold over someone's farm. So guess what? They're going to have to work in this mining thing because they still have to take care of themselves and take care of their families. And I think the number, oh gosh, I mean, the amount of money they make a day 
it and in U.S. dollars, I don't even think it's ten dollars a day mm-hmm. that they make. Yeah, and I think uh, going off what Ben just said, I think that's a very important point with any of these international conflicts. Is we're so okay with things being heavily regulated here, and we understand why it's heavily regulated. It makes sense. And then, yeah, we're getting these core minerals and resources from other countries with zero regulation. Mm-hmm. And we're okay with it because mm-hmm. we don't want to pay more or we don't want whatever, even though the prices we're paying are highly inflated anyway. So Absolutely. So there are some other incredibly important news stories from across the globe that I'd like to also cover. Oh, oh no. <laughs> these are going to be incredibly not. During today's episode. Are you ready for the first one? Probably Sorry. not. These also have not been getting the attention that I feel they deserved. So there has been a beautiful beetle discovered in Denmark that has a penis shaped like a bottle opener. Huh? Same. You have one of those two, I mean? The beetle or the bottle opener the shaped phallic. Um, so that's kind of interesting. I hadn't heard about that. and. It's probably the white man keeping the news covered up. Have you seen those golden beetles? Just look like they're metallic gold. Isn't Mm-mm. that the name of a rap song? No. Black beetles. I've seen um, a dung beetle at the zoo. Right. So were <laughs> either of you aware of that news story? I was not. No. Okay, this second one um, taps in to um, one of my huge pet peeves. Oh, gosh. A crying Virgin Mary statue with tears flowing down her cheeks stuns churchgoers. Churchgoers in Mexico claim to have witnessed a miracle after spotting a statue of the Virgin Mary that appeared to have real tears down her cheeks. Have you ever seen the Larry David episode uh, with the crying Jesus painting? Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm-mm. Well, what's Larry's response? Because that'd probably be my response to this. No, Larry it was the cause. So he's on a new medication. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, that and, makes sense. And he, uh, the medication causes him to, to urinate very strongly. <laughs> that and, was I've seen this one. <laughs> and then the lady comes in and is like, oh my God, mom, a miracle. <laughs> and he doesn't tell them. And so they go on like, a, they're about ready to go on a national tour <laughs> to talk about their miracle. And then eventually he tells them and the mom uh, does not handle the information very well. Oh my so, so God, this that's is hilarious. I, this is my challenge with this kind of stuff. Like, what's the value of that miracle? I don't know. It's a value to somebody that was apparently there at the church. Yeah, or that mean, it was enough that somebody obviously wrote an like, article about it. They'll be like, here's a Jesus-shaped Cheeto or something, right? Mm-hmm. Like, or Jesus' face was in the grilled mm-hmm. cheese sandwich. Yeah, like, couldn't God have done a bit better than that? <laughs> Maybe he's just throwing stuff at the wall. He's bored. It's been a, it's been a lot of it's years. It's been a minute. <laughs> People aren't really paying attention like they used no. to. But like, that's what I never get about this kind of stuff. Like, why do people think this is something of value? So let's even I say... I think people are desperate to believe in something. It's like, God, dag, nabbit. Yeah, but it's how a grilled this, cheese sandwich. Th- doesn't that like take away from your belief rather than add to it? Like, I'd be like, really, God, that's the best you can do? And they said... We, we got this whole whole little country here where they're sending kids into mines to get this uh, poisonous substance out for these other people over here, and you're making this picture over here cry. Or you're making a grilled cheese look like it has your image, which just seems like 
nepotistic bullshit. But (laughs) you know what this world needs? More images of me around. Like, what the hell? Yeah, people are just craziest F. And then this group in Mexico is like, yay! Rather than, holy shit, what's happening in the Congo? Mm -hmm. And we just get distracted. Because that is how small our brains are. Or how little we use it. Mm -hmm. I mean, are you enjoying Larry David? Huh? Are you enjoying Larry David? Always. In what manner? Uh, Jamisa says that I'm her little Larry David. There you go. (laughs) A social assassin, if you will. But don't you think we, how much of our brain power do you think we actually use? I, I thought about this. Uh, but we last, use all of no, it. No, no, no. No, we don't. Yes, we do. No, we don't. I, no, we I'm don't. On God damn it. Yeah, you, no, we, we use it for stupid shit. Yeah, but like, what I'm saying is you use what you have. No, had, we don't. Like, how much little bit of knowledge do we actually, like, decide this to put into our brain? This is based on this myth of, like, you only use 20% No, of it's your not even that. It's like, I don't think that we, like, but we... We consume and we remember like the most ridiculous stuff. Yeah. So why don't we just say our brains function this way? Why has it got to be a percentage of your brain power that we use and don't use? Yeah, whatever. You too. There was this movie that triggered me so much with Scarlett Johansson where they were like, we only use 2% of the brain. Mm. What happens when you unlock the other 98%? And then she just becomes like this That god. was the only movie with her that triggered you? Well, oh I, I don't goodness. watch too We're many of her movies. About. It was called like you Susie too. or something. It was such a terrible Lucy, something mm-hmm. like that. But it was and just she like, exponentially gains yeah. access. And so I love when we don't know stuff. We're just like, well, there must be more there. It's like, yeah, well, yeah. well, maybe, maybe I'll reframe <laughs> my statement to say we need to spend a lot of time educating ourselves. That's true. Yeah, yeah we I just think, we obtain so much stupid shit. But I think that's what compassionate curiosity is all about, right? Mm-hmm. How do we caringly, lovingly investigate this world mm-hmm. and what it means to be alive? So I want to, uh, as I want to come back to something, as I'm assuming we're approaching near the end of the episode. I'm done with the both of you. Um, and you talked about getting burnt out and we're having about fatigue. The Jesus toast? No, the just having fatigue from all the things that. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I just realized what you said. Um, uh, from all the, the, the just all the things that's happening in the world, what we're learning. And I think we may have to like just continue to push through. Like, I'll challenge that, but I don't want to get into this on this episode. Okay, because I think that's a long topic. And we talked about it some last week. We did, but push through what? Like that's another one of those sayings that doesn't make any sense. Because when when you learn about this stuff, push through. Huh? Well, what are you pushing because through? Because the moment you'd be like, oh, I'm just going to walk. I'm going to back away from this because this is too much. Like, to me, that is so such... We need to learn to regulate our emotions better. Yes. But that's different than pushing through. Pushing like, through means that there's some sort of limit you've approached and that you've broken through it. Push through in the sense of you're feeling like, oh, this is too much. This information that, about the Congo. Oh, well, it's just too negative And I just can't listen to this anymore because it makes me sad. And so I'm just not going to look at it. Like that. But I challenge you a little that bit. That annoys the hell out of me. But if you get emotional fatigue, it's real. It impacts I, I what you do. I get that. Then, yeah. Because you, you were we, mean as hell when you were learning about this stuff. But the thing is, and what I talked about is I didn't stop. I didn't walk away for days. No, no, no. But your family had to suffer. No, but I gave myself, I did not, I did not become um, saturated in it all day long. I don't know. I, our I children were wondered why they were getting beat with this strap. And I don't. And so it is giving myself time to do this when I'm at home. And I, I'm not going to. But you see the point there, right? 
you still need to be able to function and care for people mm-hmm. well. But, I, but there's when, no point learning about all this stuff if you're going to go home and scream and yell at your kids. No, I get that part. I think what I heard you say is like, I'm just like not going to know about any of this stuff and I'm just going to shy When did I say that? I think that may have been the implication. Mm-mm. What I'm saying is I think people need to be careful so mm-hmm. that they don't, like we all know people who are all about these issues. Don't follow it up with any behavior. Right. But it consumes their thinking so much they can't do anything else. Okay. I get that. And I'm saying that's not helpful to anyone either. And the other end of it, I think of that spectrum is that then you kind of run away from it because it makes you, it makes us sad. Why has it got to be about a spectrum? Because I think everything. I don't appreciate you making fun of my mental health. <laughs> Shut up. Wow. You hear that? I mean, yeah, I don't know. I lean more towards what Jamie's is saying. So I hear you and I, and I think we do need to regulate our emotions. But at the same time, we need to not keep ourselves from stuff that will make us need to regulate our emotions. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, we do need to be more skillful probably. Proximal zone of development. Yes. You have to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. in order to learn, in order mm-hmm. to grow. Perfect, but no. you can't be so uncomfortable that you shut down. Okay. So no, but case, I don't I'm want it to be down. like, but I feel like we in this Do country. Do you know who the psychologist was who came up with that term? It wasn't Ben. Well, no, but I probably could have done it better. Vygotsky. I, I don't want to get into educational psychology. I don't want to get in. Don't you interrupt me again? <laughs> I'm going to do it one more time. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't ready for that one. Let's end the show here, please, for the love of God. What? I want to hear Teresa's point. It's such a privilege. I don't want to get to this privilege. Uh, I knew you were going to bring up. It's such a white male privilege. No, I wasn't going to say a white male. I think all of us have a, a sense of privilege in this country to turn things off because we live very comfortably in the in the United. And I won't say all of us, but the vast majority of people live very comfortably in the United States, and so we have a privilege to be like, I just don't want to know, and like we have to throw that shit in a trash can. Yep. We've got to turn things on like it's a Friday night after Olive Garden. You with Okay, me? well, so we are going to end on that <laughs> note. I hope everyone has a wonderful week. Join us on the socials. Bye.